Hello, I'm Chris Parker. I'm Project Commercial Director for Balfour BT on the MECD project. I'm joined today by Neil Stubbs, Project Director for uh, the University of Manchester and Ian Aldous, Senior Director from Arcadis. We're here today to um, just reflect on um, what the team have done on the MECD project in terms of uh, collaboratively approaching the management of cost and risk. Uh, Neil, just wanted to start looking chronologically, really, yeah. at the development of the project and, and the risks facing the university right back at the conception of the scheme. Sure, which, um, yeah, is getting on for a decade ago now. And um, I think the abiding memory I have of that period was um, uh, the, the cycle of recovery that the general economy and, um, uh, and the construction sector, the HE sector, everybody experienced after the financial crash of circa 2008. And I think it was at that point where we were getting benchmark type of information, which was probably slightly skewed or um, very reflective of a niche period of, of recovery where people were struggling commercially, um, cutthroat market just to maintain some, some level of cash flow um, through projects. and. Ultimately, then a consequence of that, that there was a lot of um, uh, hand wringing, I guess, of well, okay, where is the market going? What, you know, is that benchmark information um, reliable, or are we? Do we need to emerge into something that is much more sustainable um, by looking at you know general cost, but also pricing and allocation of risk, um, which appeared to be quite reckless and 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 hazard for very good reason um, in that that period, um, just around sort of, well, circa 2010 to 2012, really. Ian, what was your, your thoughts back at that time? I, I think it's a very challenging time in the market. And uh, as you say, you were looking at costs that uh, were meant to be benchmarked costs, but actually were delivered at the bottom of a market. And looking forward, it was very hard to tell how big the bubble would grow. And I think it's been a huge bubble during the, um, the 2010s or the 20-teens. I don't know what we call the decade. During the last decade, it's been uh, a real growth. And uh, I think when you look now at what MECD's delivered and the space and the function, it's phenomenal that it's been able to do that over the course of a decade of change. Yeah, yeah. So, so certainly my impression was okay, well, if we're likely to, you know, sign a contract within the next, you know, four or five years, then what does that mean, you know, in terms of forecasting, you know, inflation? Um, how is the supply chain's attitude towards, you know, risk and um, and signing up to terms and conditions that, um, that mean that they can uh, be sustained and ultimately deliver the value that, that we want them to, uh, to provide? Um, especially in the sense of you know the complexity um, and highly serviced spaces that we we delivered, and I think the certainly the the predictions in the MEP market mechanical electrical public health services um, was was also probably um, a key factor in terms of trying to get accuracy and sustainability into that budgeting and um, yeah. uh, procurement. Great, thanks, Neil. So I think moving moving on to Balfour Beatty's um, engagement on the pre-construction agreement um, back in 
2015, Neil. Yeah. Seems a long time ago. It's, um, sure, yeah. Not that yeah. far back. Yeah. Um, of course, there were a number of challenges that, that were thrown our way um, during that period, um, none more so than, than Brexit. Um, and of course, that, that created its own challenges in terms of uh, the design of the scheme and ultimately the cost of the scheme. Um, have you got any reflections on, on the sort of strategies that as a team we, we developed during that period um, to help overcome that, that challenge? Yeah, I think, it, I, think, I think it was a combination of, you know, um, really thorough analysis of risk and where it was best allocated, you know, who, who had the, the, the appetite for it. Um, and not only that, but the mitigation strategies around it as well. So if you take, for example, you know, the cladding, um, yeah. um, Cipral, who, who ultimately delivered it based in the Czech Republic, um, slightly outside the Eurozone, but nevertheless, you know, the, as the university is a net recipient of, of Euros, rather than uh, convert Euros to pounds to then pay you to pay, pay Cipral, um, there was an arrangement where actually the, the payment to Cipral in euros was quite innovative and, and cut out a couple of transactional changes. Yeah. So we saved on the admin, yeah. but we equally, we, we, um, we, we de-risked that element of, uh, uh, of the scheme, which is a significant one, especially around Brexit, because the volatility at that time, not only in terms of exchange rates, but also in terms of you know tra physical transportation of getting stuff from mainland Europe you know, to, to Manchester, um, ultimately manifested itself in accelerating some of that um, supply. Yeah. Um, and I remember being slightly awash with a palace of unitised facade yeah. uh, all around the site. But again, you know, collectively, we felt that that was the best thing to do. Um, and that was our, our key Brexit moment for me, just seeing all of that material before one of the original, uh, you know, drop dead dates in terms of as achieving or the, the, the country um, coming out of the EU was going to potentially be our. Um, and I think I think that was a, a, a great example of the team working together to get a solution that was it was unusual for us. It's it's not um, it's certainly not something that that is a regular occurrence for us to to have numerous currencies um, in the transaction for the project. So. Um, so a lot of work at both ends to, to make that work. And, and undoubtedly, it made a big difference to the, the affordability, I think, Neil, um, at that time. Yeah, def definitely. And um, that's that's certainly something, you know, in terms of you know, measuring, you know, what, what allocation we need to make into, you know, your risk allocation or within the risks that the university and... Um, and, and the sort of devolved supply chain was, was going to take then, you know, we were looking for Ian's guidance on how ultimately that, that, that came together. And I think, you know, certainly, you know, the stuff that sat on our side was something that you looked very closely at to make it sustainable for the, for the foreseeable sort of three or four years after that. Yeah, and I think that, that, that foresight is always a challenge to try and ensure you've got a sustainable model that you can take forward. Uh, reflecting back on the engagement as well, I think the way the university set up to deliver not just MEPD, but their wider capital programme, huge amount of foresight and a huge genuine focus on real value. And I think that that's paid handsomely in terms of what's been delivered.
And I, when you look at the ethos of the construction partnering framework they set up and some of those guiding principles that they've echoed through the project, not just at a kind of principle level, but all the way down, I think people are genuinely proud to be delivering the scheme. So just, just moving on from um, Brexit, and the rest of the, the sort of pre-construction period. Um, that wasn't the only challenge, of course, that we had, the, the developing requirements from the university during that period and some significant change to the requirements on the, on the upper floors, um, which of course had the potential to, to impact on the programme um, and, and subsequently cost, of course. Um, and I think as a team, we, we took that challenge on board and understood that challenge and what that meant for the university. Um, and of course, we, we embarked on a series of, of advanced works um, in areas that, that, that weren't going to be affected by that developing requirement on the upper floors. Um, any thoughts on, on, on that approach, Neil, um, across the board from the whole team to make that happen? Sure, I think it was a, a, a really interesting example of how in the life cycle of, of such a large complex project, other opportunities that come in, uh, Ian's referred to the master plan, so the, the Royce Institute um, was um, an initiative that um, uh, was going to be delivered in Manchester and um, had a lot of engineering advanced materials uh, from the whole um, stakeholder group that we were engaging with. Um, and the sensible thing was really to allocate some of those um, uh, key research areas into the Royce Institute whilst yep. still maintaining um, uh, continuity of the design um, through through the journey on MECD. And at that point, I think it was probably testament not only to the design that ultimately you were driving at that point mm -hmm. as design and yep. build contractor, um, it was the efficiency and, and agility really to, to, to um, slightly shrink our requirement because it, some of that was going into into Royce without um, holding up um, any of the key procurement um, um, delivery uh, cycles that we were going yeah. through, um, and and not focusing on the well, what could go wrong with this? It's, it was a question of you know understanding, good listening to make sure that we knew exactly what the task in hand was what's the most efficient way and yeah. um, uh, and effective way to get those um, amendments to those upper floors um, into the scheme to remain on track. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was, uh, that was a great example of collaborative you know, team working via an initiative that had, had yeah. come in um, outside the project boundary. And I think we understood that challenge um, and obviously put forward a, a, a suggestion that the lower floors and certainly the you know the basement, the groundworks, etc., um, weren't going to be affected by that. Yeah. Um, and understood that and put that forward to the university, which was obviously considered. And yes, there's still risk in, in carrying that out, but understood the benefits of of that on the program and the risk to inflation. Um, and whilst allowing you to or allowing the team to accommodate the um, the changing requirements on those floors. Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be an attention to detail throughout. You know. Um, you know, it wasn't just a question of, oh, we're in contract now, okay, it will be what it will be. It, it was, no, we, we're, we're focused throughout. And whilst we've got the excellent framework of the NEC contract to, you know, to guide us um, through that, ultimately it's about the, um, 
the appetite and ability and attitude of the team to cope with these challenges, you know, um, and and actually enable the team delivering it, the operatives, etc., the supply chain, um, to carry on in the most efficient manner. So, um, yeah, that was a great uh, great experience, and yeah, we're we're now here with, you know, a, a completed facility that. Um, uh, and a lot of what we talked about will probably not resonate with with anybody who's no interest in you know commerce <laughs> and risk components of, of of this scheme. But it's a ins- really important story that we've you know we've just been talking about, and and is ab- absolutely fundamental part of the foundations of, of its success. Yeah. And, and I think when you look at the contracts that Neil just touched on, you know, MetD is a generational development. It, it, it's absolutely huge. It's the size of other university campuses. Um, and you can't forget that scale. And as part of that, it's a massive transformation program for the university, for the academics, the students. And I think the adage that, that Neil often has said to me is about measuring things twice, especially if I'm using my scale rule. And I think on, on MetD, it's definitely that adage that actually by the time we've got into a contract, it's really robust and not robust to try and trip anyone over but robust in terms of really clear about what we're doing. So there's no misconceptions. Where we've changed things, we knew we would probably change them, and we've developed and tweaked a few design areas. But in the round, there haven't been a huge amount of unknowns. And I think the price that we entered the the, the kind of fixed price contract in, we've pretty much left at the same price, bar some additions. And it's brilliant. It almost restores your faith that by doing things the right way, you can get the right outcome and deliver true value, not just a, a low entry price and let's hope we get the quality we want at the end. Yeah. So I think, I think we'd, we'd all agree that there's, um, well, I hope we'd all agree anyway, that there's, there's been a very collaborative approach from the whole, whole team throughout the project from pre-con right through to deliver this fantastic facility. I just wanted to, to get any sort of closing thoughts that you might have on what are the themes that have contributed to that, that successful delivery approach from the whole team? Do you want to go, do you want to go first, Ian, on that one? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the leadership from all parties has been very visible and very hands-on. And I think given the importance of the scheme, that's been a huge factor in his success. I think everybody's gone in and really got under the skin and ensured that we're bringing our best people and our best selves to deliver the the project. I think alongside that, there's been a huge amount of consistency Mm -hmm. and you've got a project that's been going on for a decade. And I think to have the same people throughout has been great value uh, and probably a testament to how much the scheme means to everybody because that's managed to happen within a a rising market where there's probably been a lot of phone calls from people um, Mm. asking people if they're interested. But I think the the pull of the project's key. Um, I think I've I've often said, um, and and Neil, I know you and I have probably discussed this on a few occasions, that people come to work on the project and feel like they're coming to work for the MECD project, not for the university or Arcadis or Balfour BT or the supply chain. They're actually working on the MECD project. Yeah, I, I I get that same feeling. And um whilst, you know, yeah, of course we have, you know, respective org- organizations yeah. who um, you know, we need to com- you know, um uh consider in, in 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 what we do every day, um the focus has been actually on the project and what's what are the what are the best choices 
for the project. Yes, and exactly. and for me, the support that we've had from respective you know senior levels of governance in all of those organisations, um, again, is is probably a, a slightly unsung story because the empowerment that they've given the consistent teams to 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 get on with it yeah. and and uh, and ride out the the vagaries of, of of Brexit and you know the the impact left field of of COVID, um, I think you know says a lot about the collective organisations as well and that trust and empowerment you know is is therefore you know inbuilt um, in my opinion from from top to bottom so. Um, so yeah, that's been a great you know supporting framework for us to to deliver yeah. what we talked about, um, which is really 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 satisfying. 